want to pray and I want to share a word that God has laid on my heart this morning. So let me just pray right now and then we'll go straight into the word this morning. Father, we are privileged once again to just come into your presence. And I pray, Lord God, that this word comes this morning, that Lord, you will use me to share your word, that you will touch our hearts and help us to understand and engage with you this morning. Father, speak uh, to us in our hearts and use me, oh God, to minister. We pray, oh God, that Lord, every word that is spoken will draw us closer to you. And that, Lord, as a result of this word, oh God, that we will recognize the power and the authority that you have given to us. So we thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, well, this morning I want to share a word. It's a new word um, that I'm bringing today. Um, and I've entitled it, probably may change it, but it's, it's the, entire, the title is Putting God's Power into Practice. Putting God's Power into Practice. Now, for me personally, this, on a personal level, this is one of my key focuses about recognizing God's power in addition to what I shared um, a few weeks back about um, really hosting God's presence and spending time in God's presence. Those are the two key focuses for me personally that I have right now, spending as much time with the Lord as possible, but also allowing the power of God to be evident through me and in my life. And if there's one thing that we can do to help to um, deliver people from darkness. I'm talking those that do not know the Lord because the bottom line is anyone that doesn't know the Lord, they're in an element of darkness they cannot see. But if there's one thing that we can do, the children of God, to help people to translate from being in darkness is in not, 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 not knowing God to a place where they end up knowing God is through you demonstrating God's power. God's power being used through each and every one of us. You know, as we know, when Jesus was on the earth, he was accused of many things. He came and said to people that he was the son of God, which is a very blasphemous statement. And many people were insulting him and, and saying all kinds of things because they didn't believe what he was saying. But as you look at the scripture, you'll see that as soon as Jesus began to do miracles, as soon as he began to perform signs and wonders, there was a transformation. People then at that point began to want to know the Lord because of the miraculous power that he was showing. And through those miraculous powers, people began to get saved. People began to know the Lord for themselves. So the power of God working in us, working in you, is one of the hallmarks that helps to distinguish us as children of God. Whenever you show God's power working in you, you are showing, you are bringing evidence that you are a child of God, that you're a Christian. Anybody can say, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, sometimes you fill in a form and they ask you, what's your religion or whatever. You think you're a Christian. But what does the Bible say that demonstrates that you are a child of God? Let's look at this. Mark chapter 16, reading from verse 17 to 18. The New King James Version, it says this. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, you will cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. You will take up serpents. And if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now the Bible says that these are signs of those who are children of God. So if we say that we are a child of God, then we have to be showing these signs. We cannot just say we are a Christian. 
for the sake of being a Christian. But then if someone asks us, what makes you a Christian? We say, well, because I, I believe in God. That's not one of the signs that, make, that says that you are a child of God. So there are five signs. Number one, you will cast out demons. Number two, you will speak in new tongues, speaking in the spirit. Number three, you will take up serpents. That doesn't mean that you will literally take up snakes or serpents. Serpents are symbolic of demonic powers. So in other words, it's saying that you will deliver people from demonic influences. That's part of the power, uh, part of the evidence that you are a child of God. Number four, it said you will drink anything deadly. It will not, it will not harm you. In other words, you are protected. A sign that you're a child of God is that you receive supernatural spiritual protection. And number five, which is probably the one that is more, most evident in terms of when you, well, not evident, but all of these are evident anyway. But in terms of within the, the, the kind of the, the circles of, of, of church, it's probably the most uh, one that we were used to, should be used to seeing. So you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Healing is a sign, one of the signs that you are a child of God. Now see, all five of these signs that I've said before, all of them, not one, not two, all of them are to be evident in all of our lives. And when I read this scripture, if I'm honest, I looked at it and I thought, <laughs> to be honest, I'm lucky to even be showing two of these five. But all five should be evident in our lives if we say that we are a child of God, if we, are, if we say that we are a Christian. Now see, even though I recognize that I saw that, it's only really two for me. I still, and I have a hunger, and I believe that through the teaching, I'm praying to God that through the teaching, that God will transition us from a place whereby we look and we see, you know what, out of that five, it's probably one or two. But God will change us to a place where each, every one of those five, all of those five will be evident in our lives. And I'm praying that God will give you a hunger in order for you to manifest these things. For me personally, there's a hunger that I have in terms of God using me to demonstrate these signs, but especially God's power being evident through me. And I've been praying into this uh, for the past week. I'm saying, God, just use me to show your power. I don't just want to say that I'm a Christian. What is it about me that demonstrates to people that I'm a child of God? And it's these signs. You know, during the week on, on Wednesday, a friend of mine um, had tickets to go to, to watch a premiership football match. Um, and I went with him. We went to watch Watford versus Chelsea. It took us ages to get into the stadium. We got into the stadium and we were in like a, a, a corporate area, which is a nice area. And literally, the, the, the stadium was just right in front of us so that you could see all the crowd underneath. When I walked in, when myself and my friend walked in, the game wasn't playing. And we were actually late because the game had already started about 25 minutes before we came. So the game should have been playing. But when we walked in, there was, nobody was on the pitch. The game wasn't playing. So I said, well, what's happening? And then my friend's friend turned to me and he said, oh, it's so, it's so sad. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And then he pointed. Literally below us was a man that was prostrate on the floor. I think he had a heart attack, but he was, more or less he was dead. People were trying to give him mouth to mouth and to resusc and resuscitating, giving him the CPR. Took his top off and people around him were giving him CPR and everything like that. It was just panic and frantic around them. Because of where they were, the paramedics couldn't get to him straight away. So it took ages for the paramedics to get to him. So whilst they were trying to get to him, they were giving him CPR, mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, etc. 
So all the people that were with me in that corporate area, eventually they left. They just walked back in and I don't know what they were doing. And I stayed there and I said, hey, you know what? I'm here for a reason. So I stayed there and I was praying. I just stood there and literally the guy was just down here and I'm here. And I began to decree. I said, listen, this guy will not die. He will not die. And I began to pray. I, I, I was praying, Lord, I speak life upon this guy. I speak life. I speak life. I began to carry on praying, carry on praying. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes passed. Still, still the paramedics hadn't seen to this guy. So in my mind, I was getting a bit thinking, boy, this is not good that they haven't come to see him. Because obviously they, had, they have the defibrillator, that uh, machine that um, regulates their body. But in my mind, at the same time, I'm thinking, it doesn't matter whether they come or not because I'm praying. So I continued praying. I carried on praying. 20 minutes later, eventually the paramedics came. They came and they, was, they saw to him. But I could see, and the guy was not moving at all. This is 20 minutes. And you know, the longer that you're in that position, it obviously you're, you, it has an impact on your, on your brain. I carried on praying, carried on praying, carried on praying. I said, I'm not leaving here until this guy moves and I know this guy's alive. Probably half an hour later, I saw that the guy began to sit up and his arms were moving or so. I said, that is the power of prayer. The paramedics were there, they did their stuff and eventually they lifted him, put him on the stretcher and they took him out. All the crowd are clapping, blah, blah, blah. I'm saying that to say this. I said, Lord, I want you to use me to demonstrate God's power. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, it's solely through me. Can probably the other people in, in the, in the, in the uh, crowd that were children of God as well. But our prayers combined helped to save that guy's life. That is one of the signs of the power of God. And I see that is something that God wants us, all of us, to be demonstrating every day in different ways in our lives. Sometimes it may not be as, as, as evident or as spectacular as that situation. But even in the seemingly small things, God will use you to demonstrate God's power if we make ourselves available to be used of him. Let's just quickly go through some scriptures reminding us about God's power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Through the Holy Spirit coming upon you, you shall receive power. Amen. Second Peter 1 verse 3. It says, as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Amen. This scripture is saying that through God's power working in us, we have access, we have, we have a source that gives us everything we need to live our lives. The power of God working in us is everything that we need through the Holy Spirit working in us. That's what the scripture says. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sometimes you see something and you start panicking. You can imagine the family of this guy that, that, that collapsed. They were panicking. You can imagine. You're with somebody to watch a football match. Next minute you have a heart attack on your, your that's it, they're gone. Or seemingly so, that they're gone. But the Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power, of love, and a sound mind, a mind of peace. But power is what I want to emphasize, that God has given to us. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. May the power of Christ rest upon you. This is Paul speaking. That he would rather boast in his infirmities. Because, in other words, for the power, God's power, to rest upon him. Colossians 1, 10 to 11. It says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Again, walking worthy of the Lord, demonstrated by the power of God. God wants us to walk with him, but walk with him by demonstrating his power, his authority. Ephesians 1, 18 to 19 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what, what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. God wants to cause our understanding, our eyes to be opened. So that God, again, according to his word, it says that he will give us his exceeding greatness of his power. There is greatness through the power of God. All these scriptures that I'm going over are demonstrating the fact that God has given us something. Not to just sit there and do nothing, but he's given us something that when you use that thing, people that you would never thought would have any relationship with God, once they see that God's power is used through you, they will give their hearts to the Lord because you cannot deny the power of God. This guy that came back to life, whether he recognizes, well, I'm praying that he will recognize that it wasn't just the, uh, those that resuscitated him or the paramedics, but that God brought him back to life. And it's that power that he will see and recognize that will cause him to, re to receive salvation. Acts chapter 10, 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. This is like the foundational scripture, what I want to share. It said, God anointed Jesus with, with, with the Holy Spirit and with power. The Holy Spirit and power work together. He said he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God is with every single one of us. In the same way, the Spirit was with Jesus when he went and he began to oppress the works of the enemy through the power that he has in him. It's the same way that God will use every single one of us. As we begin to go out in our, in our circles, 
meeting those around you and your family, your friend, etc. And allowing the power of God to be evident through you. As you do so, you will see that God will use you to bring people to the saving knowledge of the Lord. You know, I was listening to uh, a preacher recently. And um, one of the things he was saying about this generation that exists now, which was quite hard, difficult to, to hear, but I, I kind of understood where it was coming from. But he said that the way that this generation is, is that it's very self-centered. This generation is very much concerned with what is in it for them, for themselves. He was saying that um, he's saying regarding God that uh, there's a desire that people have a desire for the things of God but they're not willing to put the, the work in in order to get it. It's almost as though that you know you want to be can I say you want something but you just you want the end result but you don't want the process. You know, someone someone once said that she's like it's like saying that you want you want to have a baby but you don't want to go through the pregnancy. It does, doesn't make any sense. That's the process. If you want the baby, you have to go through the pregnancy. But see, this whole notion of self is one of the main oppositions to the power of God flowing through us. Because of self. And even sometimes in church, you know, sometimes we're, we're a bit guilty of almost conforming to this element of the kind of the teaching of self or the doctrine of self. Because sometimes we, we, we say things such as, you know, you know, take it easy when it comes to the things of God. Don't, you know, it's too, don't do too much, blah, blah, blah. Those things are practical, but they're not scriptural. You know, let me, let me give you an example. You know, there was, um, I remember speaking to, to um, years ago, um, when Pastor Joe wanted to do praying every day, so years back, we're now in a season where the church prays every day, different times of the day we pray. But he had, he had this vision a long time ago. And I remember when we had, the, those of us that were been around for a while, we used to go to the church office and pray in the morning. And it began to build momentum where different ones used to come to the office and pray, I think it was around between six and seven in the morning. And this was happening every day. And momentum was building up. Initially, it was like one day a week, two days a week. And then it built up to every day people would go into the office to pray for that one hour. And it was like it, was, it, became, it became a lifestyle. And I remember he said that when you used to see people come in and saw them a bit tired and stuff like that. And then he felt bad and he said, you know what? You don't have to come every day. It's fine. You don't have to come every day. As soon as he said that, the momentum stopped. And people stopped coming every day. To the point where that prayer meeting was only happening maybe once a week. People would just came just once and that was it. Because rather than, and he admitted, he said, rather than just going by what he felt God was saying in his spirit, he looked at the practical side of the thing. The form, yeah, come on. It's, it's a bit much. But then it hindered the flow of what God wanted to do. The interesting thing was he wasn't responding to himself. He was responding to what he saw. And he felt guilty about what he saw. And then he made a decision that wasn't what God wanted him to do. And see, that's his all part again of self because of how 
the way that self causes us to focus on other things outside of God. You know, we had a we had a prayer meeting on Friday, half night prayer meeting, and it's only after the prayer meeting I told uh, Lynette I said, you know, even I was planning in my head secretly all excuses to say this. You know what? Uh, let's not go this Friday. Let's stay at home. The children were very happy if I would have said that because they were already kind of not really wanting to go. But I was planning, thinking, yeah, I'm, I went to that football match. I came back late. Yeah, I need to rest. I need to blah, blah, blah. All these things were going on in my head. I wouldn't say anything, but these are all the things that were going on in my head. I was just planning, saying, you know what? Yeah, let's, just, let's just stay at home. But we went by God's grace. And it was a powerful time. The Lord spoke properly, encouraged us, reminded us about the need to spend as much time in God's presence as possible. But all the things that were there, I would not have received them if I didn't go. But I would have given in to my own self, the things that I wanted to do. And that's what happens. Self will stop you from receiving things that God had in store for you. Remember I said the power of God being used in you is one of the key ways that God will use you to win souls. But see, as soon as you say to somebody that there's a price for something, that's when it becomes uncomfortable. But as much as I'm talking about the power of God, there is a price for the power of God to be evident through you. Let me read the scripture, Proverbs 23, verse 26. It said, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. The price, brothers and sisters, is that God wants our hearts. If we want the power of God to be evident through us, we need to begin by giving God our hearts. What does that mean? It means you give God your life. Everything about you, you surrender it to God. Now that is difficult in itself, but if you want the power of God to be evident through you, we need to give God our lives. Again, the biggest thing, the biggest factor that will stop each and every one of us from demonstrating God's power and from giving your life to him is you. It's yourself. You know, every time you look in the mirror, you know what, you see two things. One is that you see the person that the Bible says has been fearfully and wonderfully made. That's you. That's what you see. That's the one thing you see. But then two, is that you see the potential enemy and the person hindering you from making progress spiritually. It's the same person. It's not the devil. Because sometimes we blame the devil for things and the devil thinking, my friend, what did I do? I haven't even done anything. It's you. It's not the devil sometimes. It's you. You're the one that's stopping something from making progress in your own life. Not the devil. 
please turn to the person next to you and say, you are dangerous. You are da- I'm telling you, you are dangerous. <laughs> you see, the way God works, God has to be number one. He doesn't do number two. He doesn't do share. That's not how God works. So God and self cannot coexist. They cannot, they're not friends. They don't go somewhere hand in hand. It doesn't work like that. It's either you serve God or you serve yourself. They're not going to be working together. So when we die to self, you know what happens? We allow God's power to have liberty through us. God's power will just flow naturally. But self is the issue. You know, recently we had a, we had a service. When during the service, so I have to say this a bit uh, carefully. I saw somebody, and when I saw them, immediately within me, I wanted to go and pray for them because there was a certain situation taking place with them. And then I stopped myself from going to pray for them. And I explained why. When I saw them, I knew that if I pray, there's no issue for God to, to deliver that person. No issue at all. But the problem was, is that at that point, I didn't believe that God will use me to deliver that person. How interesting is that? I knew there was no issue. I knew, God, please, God, what can God not do? It's not an issue. But my issue was, can God use me to, to minister to that person? So in other words, my issue was that if I go and pray for that person, that person may not be, may not be delivered. So the issue that the person had my lack of faith was that if I go and pray for the person, that person would be like, mm, I'm still the same. And that's what stopped me from going to minister to the person. And I had to repent. I said, what is this rubbish? How can I be stopping myself because of the issue that I have? And the bottom line is that that was the issue that I had. And I had to say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Because I'm doubting the ability that you have given to me to heal somebody because I'm thinking that I don't know whether you can do it through me. That's self. It's an example of how self works. Last week, I don't remember Zion, I don't know if you remember this. Zion had a football match. I took him on to football. He was complaining that his back was hurting. I said to him, you need to pray. Kept on going, but it's hurting. It keeps on my back. I don't even know I'm going to play properly. I said, just pray. Just pray. We drove. By the time we got to the game, his back was restored. Now, I don't know if he recognized that. It was his own prayer that called his back to be, to be healed. But initially, the focus was, my back's hurting me too much. So initially, he was being a hindrance himself to his own prayer. But because he prayed... And obviously when he prayed, he believed. What happened? You played the game. You even forgot that your back was even hurting you. But initially, he was a hindrance to his own healing because he was complaining that his back was hurting, he can't play. He was just focusing on the issue. Until I said, just pray. And then he received his healing. 
Listen, young people, let me say this. I know my time is going. God is going to use all of you to do mighty things. Let me tell you that now. Okay? Adiel, I see you're trying to sleep that. I can see you. God is going to use you, my dear. All of you. Eden, Carice, Joel. Okay, Zanai, you showed me the time. Why? Zanai. Matthew, David, Zion, Caleb, just all of you. God is going to use you. Yes, Alexander, I've seen you. Don't worry about that. I've seen you. All of you there. Jesse. Aaron, yes, I can see you there with your, with your durag, Mr. Man. All of you. God is going to use you mightily when it comes to the things of God. But the key is that all of you, you need to spend time in God's presence. Listen, don't think because of your age that you can't be spending time with God. You have, you remember this. When you read things in the Bible, they're not just stories. These are real life events. All of you know the story of David and Goliath, don't you? Do you know how David was when he killed Goliath? You, you said nine. Okay, he wasn't that young. He was a teenager, just like you. Okay? The Bible says he killed a giant. Okay? A physical giant. That was 10 feet or whatever, however tall he was. David looked just like any typical teenager. He didn't have any big muscles, anything like that. Wasn't some super, superhuman, whoever. But because of God's power working in David, because he spent time in God's presence, he recognized who he was. God used him to kill a giant. And even the Bible says, even before he killed uh, Goliath, the Bible says that, David was, was in the fields killing bears and lions with his bare hands. didn't say that he used some gun and shot the, 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 the lion. All of you have been to the zoo before. Have you seen how big a lion is? You've seen how big a bear is? No, it wasn't, didn't say it was um, a baby uh, cub or, or whatever. Full-grown lion. David, at the age of maybe 13, 14, the same size as, as your own David uh, Nena Anozi. Killed a full-grown lion. Full-grown bear. With his bare hands. How can he do that? Because of the power of God. Simple as that. So there's no kind of, oh, I'm too young, etc. There's no limit. The only limitation is yourself. But don't allow yourself to limit yourself. No, my time is up. Okay, guys, let me, let's, let's pray because my time is very limited. I want us all to stand. God's power is already inside every one of us. We just need to activate that power by spending time in God's presence, first and foremost. And then secondly, by repenting where we have allowed selfishness or self to dictate to us how we live our lives. Right now, I want us to pray. Where you recognize that self has stopped you from allowing the Lord to, to show his power through your life. Right now, just ask for forgiveness. Ask the Lord to forgive you. 
And then once you ask for forgiveness, pray that God will use you to demonstrate his power in and through your life in whatever way that he desires to do so. So right now, begin to pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, on behalf of your church, we come before you. As your child, we come before you. I come before you. And I ask for your forgiveness. Lord God, where we have entertained self, where we have given into self, where we have allowed ourselves to stop the flow of your power in our lives. Forgive us. Have mercy on us in the name of Jesus. Father, right now we pray that, Lord, that you will use us, O oh God, to demonstrate your power in the name of Jesus. Father, give us a hunger to spend time in your presence. Give us a hunger, O oh God, to dwell in the secret place so that as we receive that power in the secret place, that we will go out, O oh God, and be used of you to cast out demons, to lay hands on the sick, to, deal those, to heal those who are oppressed of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Father, use us to your glory. We give you thanks and we give you praise. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. I want to pray quickly. Anyone right now who has any ailment in their body, any issue, I want you just to put your hand on wherever, whichever part of your body that has any issue. It may not be you. It may be uh, someone that you know. Put your hand on the part of the body that that person has any illness or any sickness. And right now, we want to declare the power of God to release total healing and restoration in that situation. So, Father, you see these ones with their hands touching the different parts of their body. Father, we exercise the power that comes from you and we decree total healing right now in the name of Jesus by the power that is in your name. Every illness, every ailment right now, we command it to be gone in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak your healing. We speak your deliverance. We speak your restoration. We say, let it be according to your word that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So every knee that is oppressing your healing, be broken in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that, Lord God, that you have released healing upon these ones. Cause them to testify of your goodness. So we give you thanks and we give you praise. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.